Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Whenever I have an opportunity, I really like to feature a successful woman entrepreneur on my show, and today's guest is one of those women. But before we meet her, I'd like to hear from our show sponsors, JAK CPAs and Sunbelt Business Advisors. For business owners, it can be overwhelming to start planning a transition or exit strategy, but it's so important to avoid unwanted outcomes and unexpected tax bills. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knutson & Company, can guide you and help make sense of the numbers. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we've assisted countless companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business is a process that takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. That's jakcpa.com. You wouldn't go deep-sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Hey, Poised for Exit listeners, let me tell you about an exciting new program that I produced for business owners called Business Transition Readiness Program. The Business Transition Readiness Program, or BTR for short, is an online, self-paced, cost-effective way for you, the business owner, to gain an understanding of what exit planning is, who's involved, and how to get started with the process. Learn more about this timely program now at poisedforexit.com. Use promo code BTR50 to receive $50 off your course registration. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Sharon Olson, founder and president of Olson Wealth Group. Sharon, welcome to Poised for Exit. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate being here with you today and for the opportunity to share some of my stories. And I know that you have several and... Uh, I think maybe the best story that we start with before we get into all the other goodies is for you to just share with us how you got started in this business. Like, give us a little background on you and, and why you chose the wealth management industry. It would be good to know. I say my clients actually built my business and helped me evolve over time. Mm. I'm going to start really from the very beginning. So I grew up on a farm mm. in southeastern Minnesota in a little town called Peterson, population 200. Mm. And I knew early on that we had limited resources. And I said to myself, I am never going to be poor again. So I actually had my first job when I was seven. Um, wow. I got a paper out. <laughs> and I had to lie about my age because I had to be nine to actually get one. 
But I had my paper out and had that all the way through high school. And in sixth grade, I became a waitress. So needless to say, all through high school and college, I worked many part-time jobs. Wow. So I always say that the... You know, my dreams were big, but the dollars were small. And it, still, it was the first time that I really was able to appreciate the power of financial planning and mm. kind of setting goals and actually having a purpose that I'm a purpose for my life that I'm working towards. So I then got to college wow. and I learned about this job called financial planning. Never heard of it before. And actually, it was a new term at the time because really only wealthy people had financial planners. Sure. So I was super intrigued with the business or with the idea of working and I took the job, but I had two huge obstacles I had to overcome. One of them was when I got to the job, they said, oh, you have to use your centers of influence to find your new prospects. And Mm. I knew no one in town. And the second problem is I had to navigate the city roads, which as a farm girl, that was even more challenging for sure. me. Sure. Did you use the Hudson Road map? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Remember Whatever. those big <laughs> books that you kept in your car? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, I got lost all the time. Mm. And so it actually both of these problems turned out to be kind of serendipitous because one day I was lost and I turned around in the parking lot of a Fortune 500 company in South Minneapolis and there in front of me were these parking spots with people's names on them. I just thought, this is a, a, a jackpot. So I'm going to call these guys. They must be important. They must have a lot of money if they have their own parking spots. So they became my clients over time. Really? And so, you know, that kind of set the first stage of my financial planning career because I had to do retirement projections for them, retirement planning, investments and rollovers of, rollovers of their 401k plan and things like that. Wow. So so you did the financial planning for the business as well as for each of the individual owners? Well, just for the individuals at that particular time. So these it. were the executives mm. that had their parking, their own parking spots. How impressive. You go, girl. Wow. <laughs> well, the next step of my business career was really in uh, as I got into more business succession planning, yes. exit planning, and estate planning was by an off-chance cold call off of a garbage dumpster. Hmm. Yep, that's right. Uh, I worked with garbage haulers. And as I met with the first one, I realized just how much work needed to be done with many of these family-owned businesses. Yes. And they really weren't getting help from a lot of uh, organizations. So I joined the Garbage Haulers Association, went to the Garbage Haulers Ball, wrote in their newsletter, and really became an expert um, in waste management. But what it did for my business is it really required me to step up the services that we bring to business owners. Sure. So we added more technology. We added um, opportunities where we could try on different scenarios for clients. If they are Mm -hmm. thinking about exit planning, Mm -hmm. what would this variable look like or that variable? Um, Obviously, the estate planning and succession also came into play there, too. So it was another way to kind of grow the services we bring to clients. Are you still working with a lot of waste management companies? Some. Um, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. We still have clients that are in the waste management industry. That industry, like many others, is also a situation where there's been a lot of <coughs> roll-ups and, and of course. selling. Yeah. Right. And so, again, that was sort of the next step is that mm-hmm. as these business owners began to sell their businesses, um, you know, again, we had to bring on more resources for investment planning and helping them have this these assets last as long as they do in terms mm-hmm. of retirement income. So, you know, today if I look at my staff, very proud of it. We have specialists in exit planning, succession, 
I have two attorneys. I have a CFA, private wealth advisor, CFPs, and just highly specialized uh, folks in terms of estate planning, like I say, and investments. And you really are a group, which, you know, (laughs) a lot of people that are in your industry or in professional services in general will have a company name that makes it sound like there's really a group, but it's actually only one or two people. So Olson Wealth Group is a group. Like you have a one-stop, here's all the services that you need, all under one roof. Except I'm not there. You don't have an exit planner. But you have some of the facets of exit planning for sure that you offer, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you do it as an individual. You can't be an expert in all of these areas. No, not possible. And as the, you know, the needs become more complex, you, you can't be just a generalist in some of these areas. So when, when we were talking about the episode and I asked you to come up with a title for the episode, the title that you came up with was When Enough Really Is Enough. And I, I was very intrigued by that, and I want to talk about that. So how do you determine when enough is enough? I think that it seems to me that a lot of business owners have a problem with trying to figure out when enough is enough. And it seems like if you and I look at the situation, we go, oh, they got more than enough. But the business owner's thinking, oh, no way, no way, right? Absolutely. I mean, I get it myself as a business owner. It's just really difficult just to even get to those questions. Mm -hmm. Do I have enough? What is enough? You know, have I had enough is another question or when is enough? And I think it just takes a lot of discipline just to even get to those questions. Mm -hmm. Often because business owners see their business as an extension of themselves or another child, they also have developed these uh, strong values to help build their business that was required, the you know, sheer grit, tenacity, a relentless drive to grow their business, and it helped them grow it and also continue to grow it over the years. And these values, I think, are hard to unlearn. So trying to help business owners change their ethos from, you know, how to, dr- how to grow revenue to have I had enough or you know, just thinking more about what is enough is really a difficult transition for them. Mm -hmm. And you probably know this too, Julie, that, you know, over 75% of business owners really have no information regarding what are exit strategies. Yeah. A part of that, I think, is because people, when they think about exit, think about, I'm getting old, I'm going to retire, and I'm going to sell my business. And, you know, for most of us, we know that exit planning is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's getting to those really important questions business owners have to ask, you know, what really is your end goal? You know, what's the next mountain that you want to climb? What legacy do you want to live? And for us, if we can help our clients answer some of those questions, then it's easier to get to the other answers. It's helpful then to know if this is where you want to go, we can build plans and portfolios to make that happen. Sure. So, and I think just even for me personally, you know, again, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, I'm a wealth manager, and I'm an exit planner. And I think that I have this unique vision to be able to see this as a 360 view for clients. And I'm just more motivated today, I think, than ever to be intentional about those services and also, you know, delivering services with authenticity, which I think clients are looking for today. So let's talk about the process a little bit. If, if a prospect comes into your office and meets with you and meets with some of your staff, like, how do they get started? Who, you know, what's your role, right? Because you, obviously, you have all the expertise and, and you do have all the other support players that are behind you and around the circle, around the table. 
but maybe just show or, or explain to us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, I think the first step for any business owner as they walk into our doors is really the most important is just to get clear about what you truly want. So our work is really asking the tough questions and asking them often and really helping them get to their core values, their mm-hmm. mission, their vision for their life. You know, I can just give some examples of things that unless we had delved into some of these issues, we probably would have never known. For example, one of the business owners or many of the business owners, I would say that we talked to say that they really like the idea of owning a business because it gives them financial security, like it gave them a nice mm-hmm. lifestyle And the last thing that they want to do is give up that lifestyle. So our work with them, of course, is to say, if that's what you want, you know, what would happen if we did a transition today and what would be a gap um, to help you, you know, make sure that you don't have to give up lifestyle. The other thing that's really interesting is that, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners have been able to rely on their own services, taking risks and be rewarded for them. And for them to think about now, I'm kind of turning over my investments or my financial security to somebody else, yeah. and I have to invest in things that I can't control, Yes, but that's a big shift in their thinking. Mm-hmm. So trying to work with them in understanding risk and how we can help them through some of those concerns. And then the last thing I would say is just, you know, the most common investment objective that I hear is just don't lose it. Um, you know, they've worked hard. The last thing they want to do is give up the resources that they've built. So just don't lose it. It's common. But but so many times, though, the business is the nest egg. So all the eggs are in one little basket, right? Or big basket or middle-sized basket, whatever size the basket is. And that's pretty dang risky. For some reason, I think, again, they don't see that risk because they feel like they have more control over it. Sure, sure. It's, yeah, it's a perceived control. But yet, at the same time, There are all kinds of uncontrollable variables when you own a business, as you know, as I know. Diversifying isn't always a concept that's accepted, but yet I think in concept they understand, but actually in practice it it tends to be a little bit sticky sometimes. Share a couple of client stories like that kind of illustrate, you know, when I'm talking about the process and maybe dive into that a little bit more and and, um, tell us a couple client stories. Yeah, I think once again, an example is we have a client who was, came to us at age 53. His dad had died at 55. And so when he hit that age, it really startled him. And so he and his wife came to our office and said, you know, we're ready for a sale. We really know that we want to move this along and, and cash out and have our, a nice retirement. And as we started talking to them and learning more about them, He had started the business at age 16, um, Mm. dropped out of high school, and started the business really with a hope and a prayer. Mm. And then 20 years later, this business now is worth about $50 million. Mm. So, of course, the business was ready to be sold. The financial plan was all set. But when we dug a little further and started talking about what it would look like to move the business to another owner... They started being concerned about their their family members worked in the business as well, mm. and they expressed a lot of concern about what would happen, like the, the culture would change, what would that mean to our customers? Yeah. So they changed their mind and they said, you know what, we don't really want to sell after all, and decided to transition their business to their family. Mm. And so we had to use a number of tools, of course, to make that happen probably more than I can get into today, but just kind of on a high level, I'll go through a few of them. Sure. Um, You know, one of them was in order to get mom and dad an income, 
we created a real estate agreement between the business and mom and dad so they could charge rent uh, to the business. Sure. We had full valuations done so they could do gifting, and we recapitalized so we had uh, voting and non-voting stock. They could gift away the non-voting stock but still keep some control. They actually had two key employees that they wanted to keep until their family was ready to take over. So we set up deferred comp plans for that. Shares were gifted into irrevocable trusts, and we protected those shares by buy-sell agreements, life insurance, and then we also addressed um, the issues around estate planning for the parents after their death for estate liquidity. Fantastic. Like you covered a lot of those owner readiness um, bases, right? When we talk about exit planning, there are the distinctions of owner readiness or preparedness and business readiness. And uh, those are the most important owner readiness, I think, aside from from next act planning, which, of course, is part of your conversation anyway. Yeah, the, um, very important, very important. Do you guys do anything with regard to business preparedness at all, or do you leave that to the business consultants? We leave those to the business consultants. Mm-hmm. I mean, we work, obviously, on a team uh, as we're assembling the team for our clients when they reach the point where they do want to do some exit planning. Right. That is an important member of the team. Uh, yeah. Definitely. One more story. We have time for one more story. Um, I'm sure you have plenty, but I'd, I'd like to hear one more if it's okay with you. Absolutely. One of the points I usually try to make is that in transition planning, exit planning, just like in regular life, change is inevitable. Yeah. And so we had a client who approached us. They were very clear they wanted to pass their business down to the next generation. And we started working with them when their family was, once again, younger um, one of the points that really made sense was them to, to start gifting some of the shares of their business now when the business value was lower because they believed that there was going to be an exponential mm. growth going forward. So everything was going as planned until something major happened, and that was they received an offer from a national firm with nine, in nine figures. Um, so we actually met with the family reviewed all of the, um, the options, and they agreed to accept it. So what was supposed to be a long-term family business turned into how do we create liquidity for our family and make sure that everyone has income to last as long as they do. Mm-hmm. And now this is a kind of a lifelong plan for all of them. But we were grateful to be a part of it, and I think it's just another reminder to, um, not, to know that things will probably change along the way too. Well, what a good change, right? Yeah, and I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners out there that would go, gee, I wish I could be so lucky. Well, let's just talk about that. So say, for instance, you have a, a very strong business that you're running and you have a good family business and, and you are planning to transition internally. What are some of the things in your mind, Sharon, that owners like that you know, could possibly entertain option B where you know, they hire someone on the outside, a third party, to come in and position the company so that they could sell it for that high multiple? Yeah, I think one of the most important things as you are thinking about a sale, once again, is to make sure you have your team in place, assembling the team, but also to make sure that that team has the experience in working with the kind of business that you have, the level, the size. um, Just You don't want those folks learning on your plan. So just making sure that they're very experienced and and able to take on the challenge. For sure. So many times when I'm working with a client 
and they have relationships with advisors, but they may not be the relationships that they need for the particular path that they're choosing, right? So sometimes you have to bring in someone else who has an area of expertise that the current team doesn't necessarily possess, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think I always call it a both and, right? You work with both um, because, you know, one has lots of information and, and intellectual property, if you will, on the business because they've been involved as an advisor for a long time, so they have all that history, and then someone else has an area of expertise that they can bring to the table so that the owner is maximizing their outcome, not paying more than they need to in tax, not leaving money on the table, that kind of thing. I agree. And I, I know that you do a lot of that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your firm really truly is a good advisory firm. You have kind of all the bases covered, and it's been really fun getting to know you guys. Thank you. Yeah. So to wrap up, do you got a couple of tips that you could share with our listeners? I'm sure you do. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. do. One is... Uh, even though you may see yourself being years away from any kind of a transition or exit plan, um, I think that it is important for you to know that some of the decisions that you're making today will impact the value of your business in the future. And businesses are sold on multiples. Multiples are based upon how on certain factors of your business. And so I think it really would behoove you to talk to someone, what is the value of your business today, and also identify some areas of the business that could be worked on to improve the valuation in the future. Mm -hmm. The second point I would make is that the number one reason why businesses uh, transition doesn't happen or a sale doesn't go through is because the business owner is not ready. And I've seen this many times myself. Um, I think it takes 12 to 24 months for an individual to reposition themselves after they've made a sale. But we recently worked with a family that, again, their business was ready, their um, financial plan was ready. But when I asked them about what's next for them, they said, we don't know. We have had no hobbies. We you know, spent our whole time building this business. And so we took a step back and said, for the next 12 to 24 months, let's have you start taking some classes on things you, you are interested in, spend some time doing things other than business. And I think by taking that step back, their ability to sell and be comfortable with a sale in the future will make will be vastly different. Well, we all need to have a reason to get up in the morning. And if we no longer need to set the alarm clock to go into the office, then what are we setting the alarm clock for? And it needs to be something that we are looking forward to. So between the work that you do and the work that I do, that's kind of the mission that we have, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I help them along the way. Thanks so much for being on the show, Sharon. We will make sure to have uh, your contact information in the show notes. And would you prefer website or phone number? What do you prefer? How people can get a hold of you? Both are both are fine. Okay. So it's Olson Wealth Group. Uh, I think you do have the information to pass. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you so much. This was really wonderful. And I also loved your book, Julie, and I so appreciate your life story. That's oh. just amazing and impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks everyone for listening to our show today. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. And join us again next time.